0: Today is the first day of 2017, so it is a new year. And uh, what I'd like to share with you this morning, I'm going to tell you how to be happy and fulfilled without making any New Year's resolutions. How many people would be up for that? <laughs> We, we don't this is a, this day is a new day and it means a lot of different things for different people. Uh, it's a fresh start. It's another chance. It's a time to take stock of what's going on in your life to reassess things. Uh, some people, it's a time to double down and try harder. But at the bottom line is it's a time full of promise and hope and optimism. This is a new beginning today and there's there's nothing magical about January 1st. Come on. Every, every day, we, if we're Christians, we ought to be open to Jesus doing new things in our life every single day. Come on. He, he is a God of new things. He's always on the move. He loves new songs. He does a new thing. And what's amazing to me is he's also the God that doesn't change. He's, he is the same yesterday and today and forever, yet he's always doing something new. And I think that's because he wants us to be the ones that are changing. Has anybody ever come to that conclusion in life? Even though God doesn't change, He's He's doing a new thing all the time because He wants us to be changed into the image of Jesus, to look just like His Son. So if if you've been around New Life Fellowship for any length of time, you know that part of our mission is to help people encounter Jesus Christ. Because if Jesus is not part of your new beginning, it's not going to get very far. Come on! Has anybody ever had that? You you decided to start something new, and it was out of your own strength, your own willpower. And if Jesus wasn't involved in it, how much did it produce? Probably not very much for the long term. Maybe maybe some good things for a couple days. How maybe know how long the average New Year's resolution lasts? Three weeks, less than a month. And I don't know if you're into boxing or fighting, but if you're Ronda Rousey, apparently your New, Life resolu- your New Year's resolution lasts 48 seconds. Too soon. She was, she was trying to make a comeback. Former, former world champion at women's MMA fighting and she, she lost last year and she's like, I'm gonna make a comeback. I'm gonna get back to the top. And she got knocked out in 48 seconds. Some of us feel like that with our New Year's resolutions. Man, I resolved I'm gonna do this and, and within a minute of waking up this morning, blew it. It's, it's out the door again. That, how many of you know that the problem with most New Year's resolutions is they start with, I will. I'm going to. I will. I can. And if we leave Jesus out of the mix, it's not going to produce anything in our lives. So when we talk about helping people encounter Jesus, that's why he needs to be involved in every aspect of our life and give us those new starts and let us see the new come in our lives. Uh, so there's there's going to be a lot of people that you'll meet today that they're making resolutions. And uh, go ahead and put this next slide up. If you've ever made a resolution like this, Maybe I have. I don't know. Here's a guy that says, My wife challenged me to make New Year's resolutions I can keep, so I'm determined and committed to becoming fatter, lazier, and older this year. <laughs> I, I see some hands. Amen. Yes. If not. <laughs> In in all seriousness, we're we're not making resolutions like that. Sometimes we feel like that because that's what we end up keeping by the end of the year, isn't it? But those aren't the kinds of resolutions we need to make. Uh, If you're a normal person, you've you've made resolutions like, hey, I I resolved to spend less and save more this year. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to exercise more. All, All of these things... Normal people make resolutions to do, but it's the same thing if Jesus isn't involved in them to empower them. Within about three weeks or so, for most people, you start that downward spiral of guilt and self-hate. Oh, I blew my resolution. I feel bad about it. And then, okay, I'll, I'll get back on the horse, but then I blow it again, and now I'm really starting to hate myself because... Oh, you're such a loser. Anybody ever look in the mirror and say that to yourself? How could you not keep a simple resolution? Look, you wanted to lose five pounds and you're up ten. That's usually how my resolutions go. I'm, I, I would love to lose some weight this year. I'm going to work on that. But I'm, I'm not going to stand up and say, I will in my own strength do this. There are, there are things that we can talk about. Uh, the, the average resolution, we, we can't be those people that turn around three months later and begin to hate ourselves and then feel guilty and stay in this downward spiral. I mean, that, that three weeks, that really tells you something about w- what human willpower can accomplish, doesn't it? And, and how far you can get in your own strength. I will do this, and the majority of people, three weeks later, they haven't done it at all. And uh, this morning, I want to tell you uh, that God doesn't just give us a new year. Here, here's the secret to, to having a happy and healthy and fulfilled 2017 without making resolutions. God just doesn't give you a new year. He gives you a new you. Come on. If you are a Christian, you are a new person. There, There is, is, come on, new year, new me. If we can grasp that, then life will go a lot easier and you will find that the things that you want to resolve to do will begin to happen in your life. And, and new year, new me, I mean, how many have heard that as a cliche before? People say it a lot. Like, it's a new year, it's going to be a new me. The problem is, most people think, I'm going to work on myself and, and just do some self-improvement program to make me a new me. And we need to come back to the realization that God is the one that made us a new me. One of, one of the most famous verses in all the Bible, 2 Corinthians 5.17, says, Therefore, if anyone... Everybody say anyone. anyone. Come on, that includes you. That includes the person sitting in the seat next to you. Even if you're looking at them thinking, oh, they're the same old them. No, if anyone... Come on, we, we read at the Christmas story, the angel announced, it's good news for everyone everywhere. It says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. This is why the Gospel is so appealing to people. Come on, it's, it's not just, oh, I'm, I'm going to take me and try to work on myself and make myself better. The Gospel says that Jesus came and did completely away with the old you and you became a new creation. A new creation means something that has never existed before. Jesus came and He took the old Chris and actually got rid of me and made me a new creation. I don't know about you, but I know people that really could use that. The gospel is good news because Jesus says you don't have to be the same old you anymore. You can be a completely new creation. Our old identity. Come on, our old life of sin. The power of Satan. The the issue of religion. How many of you have ever met people that they're religious and they don't even know it? Because all they're into is I'm trying harder to be good. Come on, isn't, isn't that the lie of what religion promotes? In, instead of a relationship with Jesus and walking in His grace, religion says you just have to try harder and maybe you'll be good enough. Come on, that, that is part of the old that Jesus set us free from. Our relationship with the world, our old-minded self, our selfishness, all those things, Jesus says the old is gone and the new has come. You've become a new creation. We're not simply reformed or refurbished. We're made completely new. That's good news. Look at your neighbors say, that's good news. I, I know some... Come on. The, the people around us get tired of the old us. And even more so, it's when you get in that place where you're just so sick and tired of living with yourself, people are looking for good news because they wake up to the same old thing every day after day. They're in bondage to sin. They're in bondage to addiction. All these things. They need to hear, Jesus came to make you a new creation to set you free from all that stuff. He didn't just come to upgrade old things, because that never works. Come on. Jesus, Jesus didn't come to just keep making patches and repair your 1975 Vega. Come on. Anybody anybody ever own a Vega? Anybody old enough to remember 1975? Maybe I should start there. <laughs> come on. You're, oh, Pam says Pinto. Maybe that's more relatable to people. I don't know. Jesus didn't just come to patch up your 30-year-old car. He came to make it new, to, to give a whole complete new one, not just to say, come on, I've, I've owned a car, where, hey, every, every couple months you've got to dump a whole quart of oil in the, in the engine because you're leaving a trail everywhere that you drive. Jesus didn't come to just patch up the old. He came to make it new. When you patch up the old, it, it goes badly. Okay, that's, that's why it's not about being refurbished and upgraded. It's about new. Here's here's a verse in Mark chapter 2. Jesus was telling his disciples, he says, No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No one pours new wine into... No, no, he pours new wine into new wineskins. You know, obviously, the, the main meaning of this passage is that Jesus wasn't coming just to add stuff to the old covenant. Okay? He wasn't saying, hey, here's the law, and all this stuff was, you know, S- keep keeping the law, plus believe in me. That's not what he was coming to do. He was coming to say, I'm getting rid of the old and it's going to be by faith in me. And you're going to walk a life led by the spirit and grace. That that is the main passage that he that's the main meaning of that passage. It's not the law plus Jesus. It's something completely new. He did away with the old. In fact, in Colossians, it talks about he took the old and he nailed it to the cross. That's how much he got rid of it. The written code that was standing against us. He took it to the cross and nailed it there. But the overarching principle that he's given us there is he doesn't just come to fix up the old. Come on, he's, he's not just saying, Chris, you were, you were 50% of a good person, so I'll just start there and work with the rest of that, and, and I'll add in the other 50%. He comes to completely do away. Because if you try to add the old with the new, it's a disaster for all of it. He, he says, what happens? You pour new wine into old wineskins, and it bursts the skin and everything is lost. The wineskins are destroyed and the wine is spilled out. He's all about completely new. I mean, come on, that was, that was the trouble with the church in Galatia, wasn't it? Paul says, you foolish Galatians, you started out walking in the Spirit and now you think you're going to accomplish it through works. They're trying to keep one foot in the old and one foot in the new. I'm going to keep the rules and I'm going to do all this and walk by the Spirit. And you can't do both. And Jesus came to make us new. We, we get in trouble when we think that Christianity is just a self-improvement program. Man, hey, you, you were a semi-nice guy before and now, if you just do these nice teachings that Jesus gave you, you'll be a really good guy and everybody will love you. Come on. By all means, try a self-improvement program. Just don't confuse it with the gospel. OK, there's there's something about what Jesus does that is so radically different. Come on. You can do self-improvement. Come on. Some of us need to lose weight. Some of us need to manage our time better. Some of us need to learn some things that will improve how we interact with others. You can try those things. Please do them. But just don't confuse it with the gospel. The gospel came not just to upgrade the old. Come on. Jesus didn't come just to make Chris Mays a better person. Jesus came to actually kill Chris Mays. (laughs) And give me new life in Christ. And that's, that's what we're celebrating. That's what New Year's is all about. It's, it's not just a matter of, oh, you know, I'm going to try harder this year. It's no, I'm going to surrender and let him live his life through me. It's not self-improvement, but we do get to make choices. How many of you know Jesus lets you make choices? about what we do and what we don't do. And here's a great verse in Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, in verse 22 it says this, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Come on, Paul isn't talking about just do these works to be more holy. Come on, you, you are not going to be any more holy than Jesus actually made you. okay? But you do have a choice. And what Paul is getting at here is he says there are some things that you do or don't do that may look more like Jesus than other things. There, there are some things that aren't very becoming to act in a certain way when you are a new creation in Christ. There, there are some things. I guess, I guess an example here, uh, I keep going back to, Silas is amazed. You know, my, my son has our family name, and there are certain things that mazes don't do. We, we treat people a certain way. We're respectful. We're honoring. All, all these things that we tell our children, hey, our, our family doesn't act this way. Same thing with Jesus. You're not going to be more holy, but he does say, hey, there are choices you get to make. You get to put off the things that look like your old self, and you get to put on the new self and walk in what he's called us to be. There, there are things that aren't good for you. Can I just say it that way? You know, a couple times, this, this blows my mind. A couple times in Corinthians, Paul actually makes the statement, everything is permissible. Did you ever read those verses? Come on, I hope you didn't use them as a license to do bad things. Come on, was, there, some teenagers actually will try that on you. If you're a parent, be aware of that. Look, it says everything's permissible. I maybe you know that, that really is what Jesus did on the cross. Is He set you free to do whatever you want. He says everything is permissible, but, maybe you know, there's a, a, the rest of that verse you've got to read. He says, but not everything is profitable, or not everything is beneficial. There, Jesus set you so free, you really could do whatever you want. But he says, hey, sin still kills you. Sin still produces death every time. There are things that are not profitable for you. Come on, if if you've ever been wondering, maybe you're sitting there this morning or you've had a conversation recently, do you think it's okay if I keep filling the blank? You know, if I keep doing this or acting this way. If you've ever had that thought, the answer is probably not. Stop it. Like like that thought is the Holy Spirit convicting you, saying, Hey, you shouldn't do this anymore, and, and we have you ever gone to somebody to try to get advice that way? Like we want to justify what we're doing. Because somewhere in the back of us, we've been getting that, that prod from the Holy Spirit. Because maybe we read that verse. Like, hey, we shouldn't, we shouldn't continue in the old self. We should put on the new self. Or maybe everything's permissible but not profitable. And we get this urge inside of our mind that says, hey, we need to change what we're doing. And our, our human nature... Come on, if, if, if we're led by the Spirit, what's the first thing you do? You say, yes, Lord. Okay, you, you got me. You, you called me on it. I'm going to change. But human nature usually says, hey, Joe, what what do you think about this? Like, you think it's okay for Christians to do that? Like, that's not wrong, right? Come on, that's human nature as we try to justify all of our behavior. And usually what happens, if you're feeling that nudge at all, the, the answer is stop. Cut it out. Change something because God's probably the one that is convicting you about it. He says, "Get rid, put off your old self." God got rid of your old self. Why are you hanging on to it? He, he actually, there's there's a clothing analogy in here. Put off your old self and put on the new self. I'm, I'm gonna ask a question of the guys right now. Has your wife ever thrown out your favorite shirt? <laughs> Come on. You, You you go in the closet and you're looking through your clothes and you're like, where's that t-shirt? You know, the one that's so comfortable and fits me so well. And and your wife says, I put that in the rag bag. Or or we donated it. I I threw it in the trash because it was old and full of holes. And we want to hang on to it. That's very similar to what he's talking about in this verse. Jesus is saying, hey, I came to give you. Give you. Thank you. I don't care. What's the nicest piece of clothing you can think of? I came to give you this new Armani suit. Why are you sitting there in the T-shirt with the holes and the food stains down the front and the sweat stains under the pits? Come on! Isn't isn't that what we do when we stay in our mess? We're sitting there in these old ratty clothes and Jesus saying, I came to give you something new. Put on the new self and get rid of the old. It's okay. And guys, in the natural, it's okay. Let go of the old t-shirt. Let let your wife do whatever she wants. She probably knows how you look best more than you do. Amen. (laughs) My wife gave the loudest amen on that one. Walk in the room. This is what I'm wearing today. Is this okay? And Pam says, Where'd you find that? Go, go put that... out I think this looks fine. It's okay. In the natural, do that. Let go of some old clothes and, and let your wife dress you. Let somebody else tell you how good you look. In the spirit... Let go of some old clothes. Put off the old self and put on the new. In, in the Greek, when he talks about put on the new, it's the Greek word in duo, And it actually means to sink down into something. It's like this huge piece of clothing or this blanket that enfolds over you. And Jesus is saying, sink down into me. Let my life so fold around you and envelop you that when people look at you, they can't see anything but me. When people look at you now, they they don't see the old ratty clothes. They see the new garments that I've given you. Sink down into me that way. Put off the old and put on the new. It says we put on the new self. That verse says the new self which was created to be like God. Maybe you know that's what you were born for. Or, Or I guess I could say it this way. That's what you were born again for. Created to look like God. He wants His life to so be developed in us that when people look at us, that's all they see. What makes you so different? Why do you have so much hope for 2017? Why are you so optimistic? What, what, what makes you tick? Because I'm, I'm reading the same headlines you're reading and I'm getting all down in the mouth. These are real conversations that people in the world are having or they should be having with us. If, if we're reading the headlines and we're acting just like them because we have no hope and we're all pessimistic, There should be something about us that people look at our lives and say, hey, what what makes you different? I love uh, verse 24 of Ephesians 4 in the Passion Translation. actually says, you will be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within as your new life and live in union with him. Sometimes it, it really is just as simple as embracing him and what he's doing in your life. Lord, I'm, I am gonna just hold on to you for all more. I am gonna sink down into you. I'm gonna let your life completely overwhelm my life. I'm gonna embrace it. And this, so this morning, I'm not I'm not asking you to make a New Year's resolution. I'm just asking you to come into agreement with what's already been made new in your life. Come on, that that should help a lot of us be free from the treadmill of resolutions. No pun intended. I just I just got that. The, the treadmill of resolutions. Anybody's resolution ever involve a treadmill? Yeah, the the, the thing that you hang clothes on in your room now? Or that's taking up space in the basement? Come on, get off the treadmill of resolutions and come into agreement with what's already been made new in us. That you are a new creation. That Jesus came to get rid of the old. It's completely passed away. As, As we move into 2017, some of us need to stop trying to prop up and fix up the old. And we just need to embrace the new. We need, we need to move on from some stuff and get in agreement with what Jesus has done. There's one more verse I want to read to you. And then we're going to share communion together this morning. Uh, in Romans chapter 8, verse 4, thinking about embracing what God's doing in us. Uh, the message translation says this. And now that the, what the law code asked for but we couldn't deliver is accomplished as we, instead of redoubling our own efforts, simply embrace what the Spirit is doing in us. That verse is saying, stop trying harder and let Jesus be Lord. Just come and embrace what he has done, what he is doing. As, as we receive communion together this morning, I want you to meditate on that verse. Just to think about, Lord, what are you doing in my life? Where, if, if you need to repent, that's, that's a good time to do that. Lord, I'm sorry that I've been trying to do this in my own strength. That I've, I've been trying to make the old me a better person. And I just need to come into agreement with what you're doing in my life. I believe that as, as we posture ourselves like that, He'll speak to us. He'll tell us, this: here's the way you should go. Walk in this. Stop this. Do this. He, he will speak to us if we put ourselves in the position of, Lord, I want you to live through me. I just want to hear your voice and live my life according to you. If I could have the ushers come and help me distribute the elements this morning, uh, they're, they're going to pass out the bread and the juice, and we're going to hold it, and we're all going to receive it together. Uh, but as, as they pass it out, just begin to meditate on that. Holy Spirit, what are you doing in my life? How can, how can I embrace what you're wanting to develop in me? Here at, at New Life, we, uh, we practice an open communion table. If you've called on the name of the Lord Jesus, you believe that, that Jesus is the Son of God and that he rose again from the dead, you are welcome to receive. It doesn't matter. Uh, what denomination you go to? If you're in from out of town, you're welcome at the table this morning. Uh, if you've got kids sitting next to you at all, you can help them hold on to the elements and navigate it. Uh, but as they pass them out, we're gonna we're gonna wait and we're gonna receive together.